0: Good afternoon. How's it going today, everybody? Bring myself up a little bit in my headphones here so I can hear what I sound like. All right. Um, I think this is episode 31 of the show. Uh, it's February 24th, a Saturday afternoon. We got some sun breaks going on this afternoon. Um, I'm recording today ahead of, gosh, probably the first babysitter we've had in years. My um, young niece Peyton and her boyfriend are going to come over and watch the boys for us while we go out to a cool... um, it's the Museum of Flight down the hill, a private a special event. Uh, we were invited by a friend to go, and I think it's called uh, Props and Hops, and it's going to be micro-brews and staring at planes hanging from the ceiling, maybe sitting in some cockpits, I don't know, lopping around some aircraft. Maybe I'll take a few pictures for you. Um, it's always it's kind of a cool environment down there at the Museum of Flight, and, you know, a bit of a rich boy airplane club, but uh, eh, it's right at the bottom of the hill. And uh, it should be a pretty cool event. So I'm looking forward to that a little later tonight. Uh, let's see here. Let's get to our notes, though, and see what we're doing today, shall we? Um, definitely, this is our Canicon recap episode, you know, and um, pretty excited about how Canicon went down. Really, obviously, uh, it's probably the biggest event in the Pacific Northwest for. Um, for industry for sure. Um the kush marketplace events, while well attended, are, you know, much smaller and don't really draw people from outside of Washington State's uh specific industry, whereas Canacon tends to draw, you know, some folks from Canada, some folks from out of state, from other legal markets. And um they make it into Seattle for the Canacon event. Um, talk business, attend a lot of talks, um, uh, network quite a bit of course. And uh yeah, it was a great time. Um you know my company uh plunked down and helped me get the VIP uh all access uh pass for the event this year so that just you know made sure that I didn't have to skip anything if I didn't want to uh and yes you know got me a little invite to a a cool evening party on Friday night um the the actual Canacon industry VIP party so that was super cool we'll talk about that uh here in a minute in the episode i wanted to start out the Canacon recap however with um, Just a quick sort of list of quick and dirty shout-outs to a bunch of wonderful people that I either met for the first time at the event or, um, you know, remet uh, for the first time in a while. Uh, and this definitely is an incomplete list, and i, I sure I missed a few people, but um, I would like to... You know, just acknowledge and say thanks for everybody who did say hi and take a moment of time out uh, to see me at the event. Uh, it was super rad. Uh, Meg, uh, Meg Llewellyn, uh, friend from Instagram, BBH uh, with MS, uh, wonderful uh, lady, local lady here who is, I believe, getting ready to start a podcast project of her own. And um, as as her Instagram handle. Uh, Indicates, you know, she deals with, uh, multiple sclerosis every day in her life and, uh, you know, was having a great weekend, uh, a Canacon weekend and evidently feeling pretty well cause she, she rallied and got out of the house and was out hanging out with everybody. I think I saw her on Friday. Um, or was it Saturday? Saturday morning it was Saturday morning. Anyway, um, hi, I'm Meg. Wonderful meeting you and let's, uh, let's talk more about, uh, cool cannabis topics and conversations that we might be able to have together. Uh, maybe we can get together in front of a mic soon. A uh, couple of friends from local retail shop, uh, Diego Pellisset, uh Jake the Professor, and uh, Lorenz, a.k.a. Dominique Dabbs. Um, uh, cool. Both those guys run rad Instagram accounts with cool content. Um, they're both super knowledgeable cannabis uh, pros, and uh, they both work down at the very fancy Diego Pellisset in uh, downtown Seattle wonderful uh, 502 retail shop with loads of great product in there. Uh, I was stoked to be Josh Kincaid of uh, formerly of, originally I became aware of Josh from his uh, local notoriety with the Seattle Super Chronic Cafe, uh, which was a really cool like um, coffee shop, like pop-up coffee shop thing that would happen with uh, inside the local farmer's markets. I want to say they even had a little bit of a dab bar scene going on at the Super Chronic. Um, and I only ever got to attend one event where the Super Chronic Cafe was still uh, operational uh, down in Tacoma at one of the farmer's markets there before the uh, 502 transition. But uh, Josh's more recent project and much bigger uh, is uh, arguably the Marijuana Show, which uh, I believe was covered on CNN and CNBC and a bunch of places. I think you can watch episodes on YouTube. Um, but it is called the Marijuana Show and they've been out for a couple of years now and a couple of cool companies from the uh, cannabis industry have managed to get funded, uh, you know, for their big ideas. It's kind of like a shark tank, um, uh, type scenario for cannabis startups and entrepreneurs. Uh, cool project, cool show, uh, really slickly produced, um, and definitely worth checking out. Um let's see who else do we meet a couple of uh food luminaries uh first uh briefly met but was uh treated like a prince by uh chef jeremy cooper um who was uh hosting the uh friday night uh, Canacon vip party with um wonderful hors d'oeuvres and chocolates all night long uh, and that were terpene infused non-cannabis infused these were you know um, olfactory and flavor uh, infused uh, terpenes, you know, uh, but this wasn't a, they were not, you know, uh, infused treats per se, they were not edibles, medibles, um, but, uh, you know, just uniformly delicious, every single one of them was unique and uh, really fun, every one of them had a, a strain name association, and then a, you know, whether it was a lavender, or a vanilla, or a, Black cherry or, you know, some other sort of wonderful natural, um, you know, anchor flavor, uh, to the chocolates. Um, that party was, uh, up at the Ballard Bay Club in the Ballard area of Seattle in the evening on, uh, Thursday night after the first night of the event. Excuse me. I, I think I said Friday. This was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday event, Canicon this year. And, uh, uh, because the Ballard Bay Club had, uh, great large and wide uh patio and veranda area um i don't know i hope i don't get anybody in any trouble for this but you know we got out to the seawall area and you know we're able to get some fresh air if you know what i'm saying and everybody got really safe out there uh and was able to have a great time they had a couple of you know uh, cash bars inside um you know and i wouldn't expect anything less i don't want to you know don't expect a uh, uh complimentary bar or anything um but uh good party uh good time and uh, thank you chef jeremy for the wonderful chocolates he sent us uh, many of us off and home with an entire box of wonderful chocolates i was able to take a whole box of chocolates home in a heart shaped box to my wife with all the same great terpenes that uh we were able to enjoy at the party she got to try them out with me uh, a couple days later so um uh, Super fun event, so uh, thank you to Canacon and uh, Bob Smart and the Canacon crew uh, for putting that on, and uh, Chef Jeremy Cooper for his amazing treats. Um, The uh, next day down on the floor on Friday, no, I don't think I got to say hi to Jacko until Saturday. I think I met him on Saturday on the third day of the show when he should have been tired and, and burned out on saying hi to people, but actually Jacko the Barbarian was super engaging, super fun. I uh cruised by his booth because I saw it on um, the first day, and I was like, I don't know who these folks are, but this, for whatever reason, looks interesting. And uh this dude literally, he hung out with me for a few minutes. He pulled out his own phone, pulled up his own show, it showed me a few minutes of his show, you know, with no, you know, sense of, like... Awkwardness, or like, oh, I shouldn't have to be showing you this, <laughs> you know, look it up yourself or whatever, nothing of the sort. And, I mean, you know, he's there working the event, making friends, making uh, followers, and you better believe I subscribed. Um, he does a really, really cool cooking show. Uh, it's called Barbarian's Kitchen, and uh, he's hyped. He's fucking lit. The recipes look lit as fuck. I love everything I've seen. I've watched about four or five of the episodes uh, back-to-back. Um uh, you know, just checking the show out in the days following Canacon. Uh, a couple of them definitely look tryable and right in our wheelhouse. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to testing out one or two of uh, Jacko's recipes in, in coming weeks here. When I do, I'll, I'll make sure to make mention of it here on the show and make sure we take a pic or two, post it on Instagram and stuff. But check him out. He's got a great Instagram feed, as does uh, Chef Jeremy Cooper. You can find both of those guys on Instagram. But Jacko the Barbarian, I want to say he's a Cali guy. Uh, super fun dude and, uh, looking forward to more from him. Uh, continuing, uh, we got Robert and the team from JRev Media. Um, Robert's local Olympia guy. JRev Media makes great, um, industry and just cannabis educational, uh, videos, uh, short videos. They do promotional spots for folks. They do all sorts of really cool solutions for, um, cannabis industry, uh, you know, marketing needs, and, uh, they're very familiar with how to do that and be compliant with Washington state, um, you know, regulations as well. Um, and thank you in particular, uh, guys for Robert, for making sure I made it to the, uh, Saturday night event, uh, stoked about that. That was super fun. Uh, my friend, uh, Gotam Dutta, uh, Goatman and all his colleagues down at Capital Analysis, uh, a newer uh, but uh, very uh, robust uh, testing lab out of Olympia, Washington for the 502 industry. Um, Also want to shout out Cam and Liz. Uh, Cam and Liz are from Dose Oil, and uh, that is in the Soto area of Seattle, and they are a well-known, I want to say they're a CO2 extractor, uh, 502 producer processor. Uh, Really cool people, too and uh, hung out with them on Saturday night. I want to say hi and thanks to Victor from the Bucket Company. Uh, Just hit it off with him down on the floor, really liked the uh, tech they were showing off at the Bucket Company's uh, booth space. Uh, It really spoke to me on the whole oxygenation of the roots um, of the plant sort of uh, part of the equation, which is really the main focus of what's going on with uh, the Bucket Company's uh, technology. Victor's cool dude. He's got his own farm in Florida called Cookies and Cream Farm, and you can find him on Instagram as Cookies and Cream Farm, one word. Uh, absolutely everybody we're shouting out is linked. Linked in the show notes, as you know. Uh, all right, a couple more. Uh, malachi and victor from ok plus medicinal in oklahoma hung out with me on friday night at the vip party bros totally cool dudes malachi i think you said you had some music for me bro so if you hear this episode get at me you know i uh could always use some new music for the pod so uh malachi and victor are holding it down over in oklahoma uh, my boy Gareth of High End Marketplace in Vancouver, Washington, super rad store down in Vancouver, Washington. Gareth also has a second project called Green Screen Media, and they're providing um, promotional, you know, advertisement um, type uh, video and audio production, uh, Instagram sized, um, you know, video spots, all sorts of fun stuff for cannabis industry folks uh, as well. Um, they were there at the event and had their own uh, booth space, and we're doing a giveaway. I entered that giveaway. Who knows? Maybe we'll win that, and we'll get a free 15-second uh, Baked in Awake ad made. That would be rad. Uh, okay, I was excited to meet Chuck and Jeff at uh, from the Global Garden Company. I'll talk about them a little bit later when I mention the swag, um, but I'm pumped about their nutrition line. And uh, thank you guys for the samples for that. Scott at Boveda, uh same deal, hooked it up. I'll mention him again one more time a little bit later. Um, Shout out Jared Mursky from Wick and Mortar. Uh, Jared gave a great talk. I uh, bumped into him on the floor and said hi and uh, just really appreciated his talk about branding and all the things that, uh, you know, people can begin to maybe start to leave behind in 2018. Um, you know, some of the older trends in our in our space and, uh, you know, just look ahead and look a little bit more, you know, a little more refined, a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit uh, give give ourselves and our customers, you know, a little bit more credit for refinement, discernment. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, shake it up a little bit, cannabis industry, I think is the wick and mortar message. And uh, I'm hearing it loud and clear, so appreciate that. Uh, all right, just a couple more on the shout outs. Uh, Richard and Christopher from all the way down in Jamaica, Mon. Uh, Island Strains uh, is the uh, group that they were with and uh, bumped into them two, three times in the VIP over the weekend. Just super nice guys. And they traveled so far for Canacon that, uh, yeah, I uh, thought it would be great to say hi to them. Shout them out. Uh, speaking of further away, uh, Barry Storshaw from Alberta, Canada. Uh, Barry is uh, getting involved in the, uh, the new cannabis industry there in Canada. And uh, his background was really interesting to talk to him about uh, growing plants and talking about um, plants in general because his background is in orchid, orchid species, uh, preservation. Uh, he's a propagationist, so uh, really cool uh, kind of background there. He'll probably do all right when he turns his uh, energies to cannabis. Uh, last but not least, uh, I want to thank Bo Milner from Central Coast Garden Products. Shout him out say thanks uh, he gave me a couple of really cool uh ipm uh integrated pest management solutions one for above the soil one for down in the roots um and maybe we'll mention those a little bit later too so i was pumped about them um yeah so you know thursday Canacon let me tell you that was a pretty fun time um let me tell you what i should do i should, should light one up right we, we smoke weed on this show, right? Yes, we do. All right, let's figure this out here. Let's, we're going to fade this. Fade this. Fade it. Pause it. All right. We're going to light this. We've got a little lake of fire of my own here. Rolled this joint in that Tommy Chong roller that I showed you guys on Instagram. That came from the Future Roller crew. Um, down there, those guys had a great presence at the event, like they always do, and um, I finessed them a little bit, got some stuff out of them, I hope the guy who helped me out doesn't get in trouble for it, we won't name his name, but I hope though, in the balance, the Futurilla folks see that, A, I'm grateful and happy for the goodies they gave me, and B, that I'm getting them, you know, just a little bit of the mileage out of him, social media, post-wise, etc., that I of course said it would So, um, we are going to do a little bit of a switch up on our background sounds here so bear with me for just a second while I cue up my background what we've got behind us here is some ambient sounds from the Friday night party. Thought I'd lay it in behind behind us while we talked a little bit more. Just a little bit more about CannaCon. Um Let's see. Uh, Friday was a short day. I walked the floor in the morning. Um, weasel a little more swag out of a couple of people uh, here and there. And... Um, left early to record last week's uh, Nate Lopez uh, episode, which was a really fun episode, and uh, cannabis industry, uh, you know, related uh, as well. Um, Nate having had uh, some background and relating us the tale of uh, his time in the California medical cannabis uh, era of the um, late early 2000s, the aughts think this was 08 or 09 that it happened but uh when he was working for a dispensary and went uh through the experience of having been raided so uh it was a pretty cool episode pretty fun i will be looking forward to having nate back soon um if you missed that one go back and listen to episode 30 last week uh let's see saturday morning uh i was so i was on the fence about saturday about going because i had like paid for parking on thursday and friday and i'm like oh my god it's like 25 bucks to park every day down there uh in downtown seattle <laughs> and so not super fun but hey i'm vip so we're going all three days right um, <laughs> but this vip had his wife drop him off on saturday uh for the third day and uh Did go ahead and go in in the morning and go in early uh, and was glad to get there early because I was able to go, oh, it was, no, that was Friday that I did this. I went back and that was the day I did pay the the parking. Saturday I had uh, my wife bring me back uh, for the two talks I wanted to go to on Saturday. Friday morning's talk, though, was by former Mexican President Vicente Fox, who... Uh, you know, a couple of my Mexican friends uh, were uh, quick to, but, you know, tactfully uh, point out uh, on the side to me after the fact uh, that I posted excitedly about having, uh, you know, almost met him briefly and, and exchanged words with him uh, and then listened to his talk about the cannabis industry and, you know, a few little minor uh, jabs here at the current American administration and the war on drugs in general. Um, you know that that uh, Vicente Fox was you know just as corrupt as anybody, and you know uh, terrible guy for a hundred different reasons, um, and which is all probably true and worth you know me looking into a little bit further. Um, at the time on Friday morning, however, I really enjoyed being there for the talk. Um, I was able to record the talk that he gave. Um, perhaps you'd like to hear a little snippet of it. I suppose you probably wouldn't mind. Um, Why don't we do that? All right, let's see here. In the United States, States, this great nation is a nation of members. Stabbing with President Washington, with President Abraham Lincoln, with all of them and all of you. We all have in our background a different story to tell. So that's why the migration is so enriching. And that's why I don't understand a blonde, long-haired guy. Why is he attacking Mexico? <laughs> all right well that was uh just one short snippet of the talk that president fox gave on what seemed to be centered around a cannabis expo to be held in san cristobal uh mexico uh this coming year uh, this spring, and uh, I will get the name of the conference and the relative uh, relevant link information there for us um, into the show notes for you. Uh, just bringing up a little a little bit more ambient sound here again, this is uh, floor sounds from Canacon on like Saturday morning. Uh, walking around so yeah um, <laughs> I think you got the gist of the snippet that I chose there was a bit of a uh, response to president Trump's general di- you know uh, disposition towards uh, M- Mexican immigrants in particular there so uh, but he was making an appeal to migrants of all stripes at that moment in the speech so Something I think most of us generally can get behind. Uh, All right. So, yeah, I also attended Jared Mursky's talk on, I want to say I did that on Saturday. um, And um, that was uh, about, like, everything companies are doing wrong in branding and marketing in the cannabis industry, both in the Washington state market and in the larger, the wider markets, marketplace today. Um, you know, he called out a lot of the the, the cliches, the um, stereotypical things that, uh, you know, many of us uh, in the industry have done somewhere along the lines in our brand identities and you know, in some cases it was a sign of the times. This is the gist of the talk that I got from him. Uh, you know, the, the necessity of the time, the, 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 whether it was the search engine optimization of the era or the lack thereof perhaps at the time, the lack of sophistication of said uh, algorithms uh, or the lack of general public awareness and the, the types of uh, Internet searches that they might be performing. At this time, 10 years ago, when, you know, our industry was getting started, we were definitely post-internet and needing to, you know, have web presences and have, you know, digital footprints and means of reaching out and interacting with your, you know, would-be customers. Um, Certainly, you know, we were well past uh, Web 1.0 at this point in time, but... um, you know, when he started his company, it was called Online Marijuana Design. It probably used a color palette, and in fact it did use a color palette in that green end of the spectrum. Um, iconography would have been overtly cannabis-oriented. Uh, you know, and uh, today we're seeing more and more examples of shops, of processors and their brands of producers with their brands and marketing, um, beginning to evolve past that. And, uh, you know, you can, all you need to do is go down to your local shop and you can see, you know, new guard versus old guard way of thinking in packaging and marketing, branding, naming of products, um, you know, choice of mascots, everything, you know, top-down. Um, there's, you know, a couple different, you know, modes at work there in the marketplace today still. And uh, I think it behooves us all to, you know, continue to evolve past the uh, perhaps more, whatever you want to call it, you know, juvenile, um, less sophisticated, uh, you know, type uh, branding and marketing, That we used to do that was almost necessary to make sure that people understood what you were about and what you were, where you were going with this brand. Um, We hope today we can begin to tell a, you know, truer story that is perhaps also, you know, less overtly sensational or less overtly, um, yeah, I guess just kind of crassly, whether it's having "canna" in your name or in every single product in your product line, or whether it's having, you know, something like, you know, a a, a catchy bunch of product names that all play on stoner stereotypes whatever they may be. And I'm not going to call it anybody's products in any way, shape, or form here because there's absolutely no reason to do that because it doesn't take away from the inherent value of the products that are being made by everybody, which are, you know, quite, for the large part, quite wonderful. So, and, um, yeah, good talk. Um, I recorded a lot of that talk, and I want to figure out how to share that uh, with... Um, Jared, I'm going to try to get that file to him uh, so they can decide what they want to do with it, um, and then, you know, just uh, make sure, you know, that I can share back some of the stuff that I recorded as well when I, when I get that over to them, and when I do um, hopefully get that permission, then we'll share some of that, uh, you know, uh, talk as well, um, you know, just he's right local here down the block, and uh, I don't think President... Uh, Fox cares that I, um, you know, shared a one-minute excerpt of him yelling about President Trump again. We've all heard that before. So, um, you know, Jared's talk's a little bit more fun in terms of if you want to geek out on design and marketing from a framework of the cannabis industry. So um, we'll see if we can share some of that content. Uh, yeah, I went to a talk on uh terpenes by the founder of True Terpenes. I can't remember his name right now and I don't have the Cannacon program near to hand and I'm not going to stop right now cuz we're on a roll. Um but it was a really interesting talk. Uh the the conversation about things like entourage effect, the terpenoids and the oils that are in cannabis and how they all work together to deliver the full experience. Um, is just really, it's continuing to evolve at a really rapid rate. I was, uh, heartened and interested to hear, um, the gentleman giving that talk, um, mention that they were at their particular lab and their company iterating new products and technologies and supposedly, according to him, sharing and, and, you know, getting ready to open source, if not ongoing open sourcing, the the findings that they're coming up with on this. And this is this is like identification of new terpenines, um, understanding of how they may relate to one another based on, I think, some field studies and things that are going on right now. So there's a lot going on there. Um, I didn't record as much of that talk. Um, and what I'm going to do is try to, visit their website and get back to their respective resources so I can, you know, find what, where those documents that they are open sourcing uh, are and share them back with the rest of you. So uh, that was my takeaway from that talk. Um, Yeah, Uh, let's see. One other interesting person I met um, on, I think it was Saturday right before I did get picked up, scooped back up by my wife, uh, to, to head home after the event, uh, was I met a guy on the street and, uh, he complimented me on my hat and ran across the street to say hello to me after, uh, seeing me visibly disappointed at watching my wife, like, lap the block accidentally missing me and needing to take another whole lap around to get me. Anyway, this guy walks up to me and he's like, hey, nice hat, oh, fuck, nice pins, blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing he does is he's pulling out a wad of cash and he's like, "I'm going to give you a dollar for that." And I'm like, "What the fuck? You're going to give me a dollar for my hat?" <laughs> and uh he's running for president. His name is Karl Von Kofnut. Uh Kofnut? Kofnet. Von Kofnet. You can find him on Facebook. His his first name is K A H L. So it's like a Karl Karl Von Kofnet. V A N Capital K-O-U-G-H-N-E-T. And I think he's like a libertarian type dude or something. Because his dollar bill says live free or die. Don't tread on me. Kyle for Prez. But there you go, everybody. I'm a presidential candidate. Possible future president of the United States. On the streets of Seattle. Walk in the streets. Check him out. He could be really important in 2020. I'm following his page. Okay, yeah, I do have one last little bit of a tidbit for you here. What did we do? So the swag patrol. So, yeah, I didn't really mean to, but I did end up, since I was there for three days, and I was like, well, I got to bring home some goodies for, you know, people who didn't go uh, to the show with me and, you know, coworkers and my wife, et cetera, so... I trolled for swag all three days and I did good. So, um, amongst all the rest of the stuff I got, I wanted to say the best convention swag, uh, came from Futurola, as I mentioned. Uh, I finagled them for a sick rolling tray that I've been using every single day since then. And that Tommy Chong rolling machine also been using every single day since, uh, since the, the Canacon. Um, love the thing. Um, first runner up. And maybe eventually more important than number one, um, is, uh, the greenhouse co, um, which, uh, Chuck and I believe Jeff gave, hooked me up with this stuff, um, their dry nutrient line. Let me grab it. That I'm really excited about. Uh, I used Nectar from the Gods last time around, and nothing against the product. It was probably a great product, and I'm probably not talented enough as a grower, but it was a lot to keep up on on the advanced feeding schedule uh, for me. And, uh, you know, and it, and it, that's not even that complicated of a system as far as um, nutrient lines go, really, Nectar from the Gods. But um, this stuff is, um, the Greenhouse Co. has a dry powdered feeding line so they have a product called BioGrow, and i think that's your veg you know main nutrient you sprinkle it on the soil at, at the beginning and only do it like every few weeks uh, you know so therefore only a couple times during the entire grow cycle um and uh these are this is all like super clean green certified product this is internationally organic product this that has that control union certified um certification i want to say this the company Uh, sources the product from like the Netherlands or something. Um, Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Yep. The Netherlands right there on the bag. Um, So then, you know, they have um, a a bloom cycle feed as well. They gave me a sample of that more than enough for somebody like me to test this out at home more than enough. Uh, And then also a, food for the food okay so the an enhancer another dry one with humic acids and seaweed Uh, so both of the other two base nutrients are all in one these would be like your replacement for probably like a soil a and b type thing and then the enhancer with the humic acids and the seaweed extract this is like what you would use i bet for like a tea in another application um and uh you know this is food for the food this is food for the for the rhizosphere down by the roots for the for the biome and the um microbes that are you know growing around the roots of the plants and so that yeah that's i got all three bags you guys it's gonna be great it should be much simpler and it's really light and it's organic as hell so i'm excited about using it and thank you guys that's, we'll, we'll, you'll hear more about their stuff the Greenhouse Co's uh, BioBloom, BioGrow and the Enhancer later for sure um, and then yeah uh, that was great, honorable mention goes to Boveda for sure, who were definitely not stingy, uh, they probably gave me like 20 humidipaks packs of different sizes so dudes, thank you, thank you that was cool uh, advanced nutrients by the way if you're in any state or market where advanced nutrients is going to the show go to their booth because they give away lots of their product which is generally considered to be pretty darn good stuff big bud is one of theirs that's very popular um, and there's plenty of others that people uh, love uh, many of which they had little um, jugs of they were given out they were given out dab mats they were given out lighters they were given out silicones they were also given out badass dual, magnification LED lit magnifying loops so good on ya advanced nutrients (laughs) Um, uh, and everybody else was holding it down swag wise I mean I got grinders I got containers I got rolling papers I got stickers galore I got hats I got t-shirts I got posters I don't even I don't even know what else I got a lot of stuff um, at CannaCon it was a great time Um, went to a great VIP party on Saturday night, um, that was the one that Robert and and the J-Rev crew uh, made sure I made it to, and I want to say that was Mag who hosted that one, Um, and that was super fun. It was at the top of a uh, high-rise in downtown Seattle, overlooking the Great Wheel, Uh, so that was sick, and I got a picture or two of that. I don't even think I posted that picture yet, as a matter of fact, so... Maybe I will post the shot I took uh, from above the great wheel, um, you know, after. Yeah, maybe that'll be like my thumbnail for this episode. That's a great idea. And uh, let's see. Yeah, hung out with, oh, my God. You know who I met on Saturday night at that party? And that was pretty cool, actually. Um, I met Farmer Tom Lauerman. yeah. And uh, if you don't know who he is, he's like a Oregon, Oregon and Washington-like just living legend, wealth of knowledge, medical grower um, fellow, and uh, he's doing a lot of work out in the community. He's um, He's got a brand that he's uh, launching in Oregon. I think he might live in Washington State, like in Vancouver, but, you know, works in Portland and does... Uh, I think he's launching his brand in Oregon initially, but I want to say it's going to be like a three-state brand, Washington, Oregon, California. Um, Farmer Tom has a cool um, Instagram account, so follow him and get up to speed on everything he's doing because I'm not doing him a very great service right now um, in terms of getting you up to speed on what he's really all about. Um, I'll put him in the show notes. You check him out. I was pumped to go to that event, pumped to see him. Uh, and meet him shake hands with him um hash pipe that he uh I think may have uh, contributed to was uh, making its way around uh at that event as well as so there again you know it was a cool event and we were hanging out in downtown Seattle in a you know in a penthouse office scenario and indoor outdoor uh smoking and hanging out and snacks um Scentsy Mag thank you um thank you to the MJBA folks who I think also had a hand in that um, And uh, everybody who I met and hung out with there that night was super great. It was a pretty rad uh, conclusion to the Canacon experience. Um, Even met uh, KISW's uh, local radio station, uh, famous rock DJ, The Ricker. uh, Nowadays, uh, a I-502 company owner himself. I believe The Ricker's company is Wham Oil, and they uh, have a bunch of uh, wonderful uh, CO2, I think, is their uh, extraction method. Um, oil's out on the market, and uh, we'll we'll try some of them out as well here. I was able to sample just a skosh uh, that night, but, um, you know, we were, by that time, pff, taking nine joints to the face, buckaroo. I wasn't doing too much with old Ricker's vape pens by then, I was like, ready to go crawl into my car and sleep it off for a while before (laughs) I (laughs) headed home that night, um, wasn't quite that bad, but, uh, yeah, it was a good party, put it that way, so, gosh, yeah, that's the Canacon update, and, uh, that's like 40 minutes of Canacon for ya, so... Why don't we do this, uh, we will start, we'll, we'll wind it down with just one or two of the stories that I was going to tell you, um, the first of which is really a, uh, our latest installment of the Baked and Awake Terminator robot watch, let's call it. Um, you're really going to act like I can't go to this story? There we go. Bring it up. Try to throw a 403 at me. So I was on my favorite news site slash dot, dot org, and found this one. Um, we're talking about AI. Talking about Terminators once again. The headline of this story. I better write. Better light another joint. Relight. I only smoked half my joint, you guys. Let's be real. I only smoked half my joint. I'm gonna smoke the other half though. 100-page report warns of the many dangers of AI. D. Moberhaus, contributor, writes, Last year, 26 top AI researchers from around the globe convened in Oxford to discuss the biggest threats posed by artificial intelligence. The rest of this two-day conference was published today as a 100-page report. The report details three main areas where AI poses a threat. Those are political, physical systems, and cybersecurity. It discusses the specifics of these threats, which range from political strife caused by fake AI-generated videos, another topic we've already covered here, briefly, but we've talked about it. Fake AI-generated AI- videos to catastrophic failure, of smart homes and autonomous vehicles, as well as international—or excuse me—as well as intentional threats, such as autonomous weapons. Autonomous weapons. Although the researchers offer only general guidance for how to deal with these threats, they do offer a path forward for policymakers. So uh, there's a link from this story that will point you at the report. You can get the 100-page report. I have downloaded the 100-page report. I will also attach the 100-page report as a PDF um, to the podcast uh, when I publish it here today because um, they're trying to get the info out here, obviously, to everybody. But you can drill in from either direction. You can link your way back to it if you want um, but I'll provide it as a as a downloadable doc with the show. All right, so that was that, uh, and I don't need to provide a lot of commentary on that. We're just watching the Terminators, you guys, and these guys are watching and warning about it as well. Um, and I don't mean to be super glib about it. Um, we'll definitely be, you know, tracking this and looking for the next opportunity to spend you know 40 minutes talking about that which we will I'm sure have that chance soon uh okay well yeah this one is worth telling you about and we still have time to get that for you um so another slash dot story I'm telling you guys if you don't already go to slash dot dot org that's where you could get a lot of really relevant you know just dry just the facts ma'am kind of Um, news, and it's all through this tech lens, and this very pragmatic lens, but that, you know, depending on how you see it, it's either super general interest relevant, and or super weird and fringy conspiratorial fodder, for sure, Um, you know, and you know what I find, so, anyway, um, but this is important. Uh, for the technologists among us and the computer users among us Intel has a new Spectre and Meltdown firmware patch for you to try out maybe Uh, this was posted a few days ago also Mark Wilson writes Mark Wilson writes the Spectre Meltdown debacle continues to rumble on and now the chip manufacturer has announced the availability of a new microcode solution to the vulnerability. The updated firmware applies to 6th, 7th, and 8th generation Intel Core devices. and The release sees the company crossing its fingers and hoping that everything works out this time. As we've discussed, these are most of the machines in the mobile space today. This is Intel's second attempt at patching the vulnerability. And this time around, both the company and its customers will be praying that the fix for Skylake, Kaby Lake, and Coffee Lake Chips actually does the job. Um, Yeah, so if you have affected platforms, you're probably tracking this more closely than me and probably have already tried that out. Okay, this one's pretty fucking ominous. I think I can squeeze it in. So, yeah, it's a, it's a sweep on Slashdot this week. I don't even care. Slashdot, dudes. Get hip to it. Scientists discover a new way to use DNA as a storage device. Uh, the original source for this was Betanews.com. Mark Wilson shares a report from Beta News. Researchers from the Waterford Institute of Technology, or WIT, in Ireland, have developed a way to use bacteria to archive up to one zettabyte in one gram of DNA. This technique uses double-strained DNA molecules called plasmids, to encode data, which is stored in the the Novablu strain of the E. coli bacteria. The Novablu bacteria has a fixed location, making it viable for storage, and the data can be transferred by releasing a mobile HB101 strain of E. coli, which uses a process called conjugation to extract the data. The antibiotics tetracycline and streptomycin are used to control this process. Okay. The method is currently not only expensive, but also slow. Data retrieval takes up to three days at the moment. But researchers believe it should be possible to dramatically speed up this process. Equipment already exists that can be used to write to DNA in seconds. Stability and security are also an issue right now. But it is very early days for the technique. These current downsides are not viewed as being significant enough to write it off. Potential uses for this method of data storage that have been suggested include the recording of medical records and human DNA and increasing the traceability of the food chain. So, yeah, that one, I'm glad we did get through them. Shoot, we, we did it, you guys. We just There was a lot of canicon talk and it was worth it because it was a really big and cool event Um, and then we were able to get through these three stories Um, this one you know whoa Uh, I mean I've heard of some uh, writing of data to DNA and some you know then uh, potentially I think successful extraction and retrieval of the same but this is definitely an interesting another one you know they're finding all all sorts of different ways in which they can write to us Now, these are all seemingly passive storage methods that are being, you know, piloted or shown to us, paraded in front of us right now. But I don't know. I mean, if you can do this, can't you write software that does something else like tell cells to do something or tell cells not to do something? I don't know total fucking layperson here, but, um, yeah, that's an interesting story, there's, um, what they have here for this story is a link to, let's click it and see where it takes us, that gets us to beta news, and then from beta news... can we get to the paper from the WIT yeah I just see like an image credit here so I don't know how easy it'll be for us to tunnel back much further on this story I'll try to get us to, to the Waterford Institute of Technology in Ireland at least and uh, get that link in the show notes for us, and let's see if we can track this story a little bit more closely and see what other sort of technologies are being used to write data and read data from DNA. Uh, what are the implications? What do you guys think? Is it Am I blowing it out of proportion, uh, worrying that, you know, another decade from now or something, somebody could write some software that could, I don't know, slow down your aging or accelerate it yeah i don't know all right yeah all right as always show notes links all that good stuff next week um we're gonna talk a little bit about um just sort of uh, my personal our personal home situation our garden situation uh so file it under awake slash homesteading. Um, so if you are into, you know, any of that fun stuff, uh, like gardening, food preservation, um, you know, uh, we got, we, we raise chickens. We have, we have eggs. Uh, my wife has a uh, awesome Instagram account that she runs called Bluebird Farms. Uh, and it's, um, at bluebird farms on instagram i'll put the link in the show notes of course uh you should be able to find her pretty easily um on my page tagging me on instagram and and just uh you know by hunting up bluebird farms on instagram if you want to get uh up on it before the episode we're just going to talk for a few minutes about that we're going to talk about um the cannabis influencers northwest uh, my meetup group and uh sort of the the mission that we're defining and building as we go here um I want to thank everybody so, so much for over 2,000 downloads in February. I'm amazed, I'm humbled, it's the 24th, we still have four days left in this month, and um, we're over 2,000, and I just can't even tell you what that's like. Um, We averaged over 90 downloads per day this month. In a short month, after getting almost 1,500 in January, And, and that was like a, five-week month. Um, So thank you all so much for the listens, and thank you for the the feedback and the comments that you continue to give me on the side uh, after each episode when they come out. Um, Thank you for the reviews. Please don't stop. If you you haven't written an iTunes review and you have a moment out of your day, it only takes a minute. You go to your... uh, If you're iOS, you go to your native podcast app and find us in there under the search function. And you can do a review right in the mobile app. I'm pretty sure you can do it inside the iTunes store as well. So it makes a big difference. We are in the um, alternative health category in iTunes right now, which is probably a dumb category to be in. So I don't know. I don't know what kind of impact it has on me to try to change my category at this point in time, uh, or even if I'm able to, uh, or what that does to us. But that's where we're at. Um, all right, that's about it. Only a couple of minutes to go before we hit like the hour mark. I uh, definitely want to say, please don't forget to support um, worthy organizations, um, such as you know these are these are organizations like that. Continue to fight the good fight in the cannabis world. Uh, You know, I go to a big industry event like Canacon and party all weekend long and think about making money on cannabis and making my living on cannabis and all these new cannabis markets. And people are still sitting in jail for cannabis right in my state, right in my county, right in my county. You know, uh, that probably never hurt anybody in their lives. And, uh, but you can believe their life is ruined um, because of it, you know, so. Um, organizations that help right the wrongs of the war on drugs and move us forward together in the 21st century. Who are they? They're Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Cannabis Laws. They are the Sentencing Project, an um, organization that works to eliminate mandatory minimum sentencing, and commutation of sentences of convicted non-violent drug offenders. Uh, the Open Cannabis Project, which we'll tie into next episode and some of the things we want to talk about there, but the Open Cannabis Project, who are open sourcing the best practices of the growing legal cannabis industry for everyone. Um, heck, even even Washington's own HempFest, okay, who still is fighting for the same things that we just talked about, freeing people who are in jail because of cannabis, making cannabis more accessible to everyone. These are things that I hope we all stand for if you listen to this podcast. Um, I did enjoy Canicon. I enjoyed bringing you guys up to speed on our AI and transhumanist technology disaster uh, (laughs) tracker, uh... And I look forward to talking to you again real soon, next week. Um, We'll share some pictures from the props and hops that my wife and I go out to later tonight as well. Uh, Probably on Instagram, so check that out. Alright you guys, I got one more joint rolled for later on tonight. I'll think of you all when I'm smoking it. You know it'll be Indica. And you know I'll be doing shit anyway. And I hope you will too. We'll see you soon.